Our next speaker, for those of you who've been in the Lean Startup community for a while, actually is quite famous, but outside of that select group uh, is not as well known. He may be the speaker who has traveled the furthest to be here all the way from Beijing. And uh, he was one of the earliest of early Lean Startup adopters, hosting a very memorable um, uh, Eric Reese versus Dave McClure session in Washington, D.C., which you can find online. Uh, but uh, maybe it's overbuilt a little bit. In any event, he has now been preaching the good word uh, all the way in China and wanted to talk about what he has learned taking these ideas out of the U.S., out of Silicon Valley. Uh, and so please join us in welcoming Kevin DeWalt. Clicker? Yeah, thanks. So. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Eric. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, so, in the last 10 years, every single one of you in the world has seen a slide that looks like this, right? And it talks about how the markets in Asia are growing so fast, they're going to be in the biggest in the world. And if you all had the same reaction that I've had, and that is, you know, so what, right? Why do I care? Shift happens, big deal. My startup's in America, what does it matter what happens in Asia? And actually, this is a really rational reaction because for the past 40 years of technology companies, we've had a really rational strategy for growing our businesses. And that is, start first in America and then take that position of strength and expand globally and win the rest of the world. So my question for you is this. What does the world look like when the U.S. is no longer the biggest market? What does that mean for your startup, for your company? Well, it turns out uh, the future is going to be uh, a little terrifying for a lot of you, as I'm going to explain today, but a lot more exciting for more of you. So I'm going to illustrate my points with a case study. So most of you have probably heard of a company called WhatsApp. Uh, it's a chat app you can get on your iPhone, your Android device, growing very fast. Um, been around about five years, not one of the most valuable properties in the web. What you probably don't realize is that their primary competitor is a Chinese company called WeChat. Uh, WeChat started about two years after WhatsApp, but because they're starting in a bigger, faster-growing market, they were able to close the gap very quickly. What they did next was really interesting. They decided to take the growth they were getting in Asia and aggressively expand, over, expand overseas. And in, the in five months this year, they added 100 million subscribers outside their core market. Now, 100 million, that's half the size of Twitter in five months. And they did it not by just creating a Spanish version of their application or an English version and throwing it up in the App Store. They did it by signing global partnerships with companies like Starbucks and Nike and getting top-tier celebrities to get their endorsements out. Now, I hope every single one of you can look at this chart and see the point that I'm trying to make. They're doing exactly what we have done in the West here for the past 40 years. And that is, except now they are the biggest market. And they're getting traction there, and they're taking that traction, that strength, and aggressively expanding overseas and trying to knock out local competitors in places like the United States. Now, <laughs> this isn't a story of gloom and doom. I don't want all you to think, oh my God, I've got to give up on entrepreneurship here because this Chinese company is going to come in and crush me. Because um, what WhatsApp, the American company, did in response is really interesting. They could have decided to hunker down in the United States and get protectionistic and defend their turf, but they didn't do that. Instead, they themselves decided to ex aggressively expand overseas into Southeast Asia. And it's very clear if you look at their execution that they didn't just decide to like, launch into these markets willy-nilly. They actually did their customer development and they built products specifically for these markets. They knew what they were doing. And a lot of analysts speculate that's why they are now growing so quickly. 
So in summary, why should you care about Asia? Because I'm telling you, you risk getting crushed, even here in America, uh, by companies that are coming from faster growing uh, markets in the world. Alternatively, you can take my advice today and you can try to build a bigger, faster, stronger growing company than you ever thought possible. Um, so just to recap, you came in here five minutes earlier before I started talking. You had a plan. I'm going to grow my company in America. Then I'm going to expand overseas. Uh, turns out that's probably not going to work because America is no longer going to be the biggest market. Great news, though. I've got a better plan for you. And that is I'm going to show you how you can actually take advantage of this tr trend and expand into these markets sooner than you probably thought possible. Okay, so you're probably wondering at this point, uh, well, this is all great, Kevin, but I don't know anyone in China or Thailand or Vietnam. Uh, how am I going to expand my company overseas to these markets? Well, it turns out that everything you're learning here is exactly what you're going to need to know to do this. Lean Startup is all about identifying uh, opportunities in markets and taking advantage of those, and that's what you're learning at this conference. And although with the strategies are the same, the actual tactics themselves are a bit different, and I'm going to talk more about that today. Um, so if you're an entrepreneur like me, um, at this point of the, the presentation, you're wondering to yourself, uh, great, Kevin, thanks. You're just giving me one more thing to worry about, right? You know, in addition to raising money and building my product and you know, talking to customers, now I've got to go and worry about this, this big threat coming from overseas, right? Um, let me put your mind at ease and tell you when you have to start worrying about these things. If you are very early in your company's de development, you don't have to worry about any of this. You need to be doing your customer development, testing your ideas in the marketplace, trying to get the product market fit. On the other hand, if you're planning on waiting uh, three months before your IPO, before you expand overseas, it's too late, you're going to get crushed. The optimal time is right around the point when you start hitting product market fit. And when that point happens, that's when you want to go to your investors, your board, your founders, your advisors, and decide where is your growth going to come from. And at that point, you may decide, you know what, guys? Indonesia. That's where we're going to go next. We're going to take our company to Indonesia. Um, the, when you make that decision, the first thing I want you to do is assume you know nothing about whatever market it is you're trying to go into. It saddens me to say that in 2013, we have uh, mostly Americans because we're the worst at this. Uh, we have American companies going overseas and getting crushed in these markets because they assume they know what the customers want. Uh, instead, what I would like you to do is actually go out and get help. Before you start doing lean startup or trying to do these tactics in a new market where you're not familiar, find people in those markets that can help you out. They're the people running the lean startup meetups. They're doing the next programs. They're the ones uh, doing the workshops, the accelerators. The, they're the ones that understand all these strategies, and they want to help you grow their company. They're willing to work with you. If you get nothing else from my talk today, please take away this. And that's before you try to do lean startup in a market where you're not familiar, get local help from people who know these tactics and strategies and know these markets. Okay, so um, unfortunately, although we want to use these lean startup strategies around the world, what works in Silicon Valley doesn't work everywhere. And so I'm going to talk a little bit today about some of the specific tactics you can do that, that I've encountered in trying to work with companies in Asia. So uh, first one. You know, in the West, we kind of view ourselves as sort of as, as employees of companies. We kind of look at ourselves as ambassadors for identifying problems and trying to make the places where we work better. You know, we sort of view ourselves as agents of change. Um, so we talk very openly about problems here in Silicon Valley. Um, so the first time I was in, uh, in Asia and I worked with a team and I tried to get them doing customer development, I said, all right, guys, I want you to go out and I want you to find, uh, you know, 
10 customers next week. I want you to talk to you about their problems and let's come back and hear what they said. And so the team went out and they worked hard for a week and they came back a week later and they said, uh, thanks a lot, Kevin. Here's what we learned, right? Uh, we don't have any problems, right? <laughs> no problems here. You know, my division, we're all good. You know, did my boss send you? Like, why are you asking me about problems? Um, so it, it turns out in a lot of these cultures, you can't necessarily just, you know, kind of beat people over the head with this stuff and barge into their office the way we do in Silicon Valley. Instead, you've got to actually create a, you have to create a conversation with people. You need to go in and talk about trends and ideas and what's happening in, in, in the world. Talk to people about what their competitors are doing, uh, what's happening in industry, and create a dialogue. When you do that, people will start to open up to you, they'll start to trust you, uh, and that's when they'll start telling you about their problems and looking to you as someone that can provide solutions. Um, okay, so the second point is, is also a fun one. Um, you know, we here, you know, in the startup and the tech community, you know, we're great at this, uh, especially Americans. We like to use, you know, these acronyms. It drives our Europeans' friends crazy, right? The Americans, these freaking Americans with these stupid acronyms all over the place, right? But, you know, we, even more than that, we have a tendency when we use English to, to use English to describe very specific strategies that we use, okay? We take these strategies and we derive tactics from these specific strategies. The problem is that a lot of times, the words we use, the language, they don't always, always necessarily translate directly into other cultures. Um, and even, even if the words translate, sometimes they don't fit very well in other cultures. And so I'm going to give you a rather extreme example of this. Um, the first time I started work, or I did a workshop, I guess, about mm, four months ago, and I started talking to the teams about MVPs and asking about what they were doing about their MVP, and I got some blank stares, and I kind of stopped for a second and said, you know, MVP, we all know what that is, right? Uh, it turns out they thought I was talking about basketball. Um, so, um, you know, I, and it doesn't have to be this way. You know, instead of talking to people in, in, in strategic terms, instead of saying, okay, guys, you know, to avoid premature scaling, we're going to do our concierge MVP, we're going to pivot three times, and then we're going to, you know, hit product market fit, and all these terms that aren't going to mean anything, you can achieve the exact same results with your employees and partners by talking in terms of outcomes, using language like this. And you'll get to the exact same point, but you'll make it, um, you'll make it basically consumable for people. Okay, so the final tactic I'm going to mention um, is that here in, the, you know, in Silicon Valley, we have this, this notion that the best should win, right? You know, the best product, best team, best founders, those are the guys that deserve to win. That's what fair, that's the way, uh, that's the way product should work. You know, it turns out in a lot of the world, that's not necessarily true. And that relationships are more valuable than whatever intrinsic value your product brings. And so you find, uh, you know, when you, when you start working in Asia, you find like, a lot of like, people trying to tell you, like, here's how you build Guanxi in China, and here's how you build relationships, and we're, you know, our, we're companies can help make introductions. I found like, none of this stuff to be that helpful. But works, what works really well is actually being not another like, foreign company that comes into these markets and tries to take something out, but being somebody that gives something back. I mean, here's a shot of me doing a workshop in Manila at Startup Weekend a couple of months ago. Um, when you become the person that goes into these markets and tries to teach and help people and share, that's when people recognize that you're somebody value, when you're somebody giving back. And when you do that, you become the person worth knowing, and people will, will bring relationships and value to you. Um, so let me, let me just go ahead and wrap up um, by saying that um, yeah, the, the App Store, it has, no bound, it has no borders, right? There are no borders on the App Store. Um, and the rise of these markets in Asia are going to be the single biggest change that has ever hit Western capitalism. It's going to change everything about the way you work and about your startup in ways that we're just now beginning to understand in 2013. 
As these changes happen, every single one of you, every one of you is going to have a choice. And that is you can choose to be scared by these changes and defensive and fearful and hunkered down and protectionistic and, oh my God, we got the barbarians at the gate trying to steal market share away from me. Or you can choose to take advantage of them and try to take some of the advice I'm giving you here today and to build a bigger, better, stronger company by leveraging what's happening in these markets. The wonderful news for all of you here is that simply by being a part of the lean startup movement and learning these strategies, you are going to be in a better position than 99% of the world to take advantage of them. You are going to be the ones that have the opportunity to profit from these big changes that are happening. I hope you take advantage of it. Please enjoy the conference.